0: As we look at our focus theme at the moment of prayer, especially praying for our uh, loved ones, our friends, our whānau, all those who are not at this stage walking with Jesus. Isn't that song inspiring? I want to start with a story this morning, and I've shared aspects of this on a number of occasions in other talks, but I wasn't uh, born into a Christian home, I became a follower of Jesus in May of 1978, and a lot of thanks to my brother Tony, who dragged me along to, I mean invited me along to youth group when I turned the age of 13, and, and then uh, out of that went to a YFC rally where I accepted Jesus as the leader and forgiver of my life. And that was at the end of a season in this country where there's, there's been a powerful move of God in the country, and there are lots of people coming to faith, and probably many of you here may have come to faith during that period. And uh, so we had the joy of seeing many of our cousins come to faith during that time as well, and God was doing all sorts of miraculous things, and and, each member of our immediate family gave their lives to the Lord as well. And the one person who I wondered would they ever come to faith was my dad and I've shared that before and he was a tough man paul used to work for a pastor paul used to work in our business he, he knew my dad quite well he was a tough man and he would get angry if we ever talked about jesus about christianity at home and he would uh, suggest very strongly that we stopped And so I was 13 when I came to faith and uh, decided, well, the best thing to do was to pray for my dad. And, and uh, I'm sure I was not the only person praying for him. But one of the things I did was uh, there were early morning prayer meetings that were being held at our senior pastor's home in his, in his office there. And that was twice a week, 6 a.m., so as a 13, 14-year-old, I would go down there at 6 a.m. to join in the prayer meetings, and there's all these elders and really heavies from from the church would be there praying up a storm for the church and for everything. Like, and there I would come along as a 13, 14-year-old, and I'd squeak out a prayer about my dad. Now I have no idea if they if they thought, why is he coming along and just praying for that one thing when we're here trying to really pray for the church? I suspect they were probably thinking isn 't it neat that this young man 's coming along and actually praying for people to get saved? The other thing that we had at church is uh, at the services were was, was most Sundays would have an altar call for people to come forward for prayer, so I went forward quite regularly, not for me but to get people to pray with me for my dad and the it was Uh, A great joy to see Dad finally come and give his life to Jesus through miraculous circumstances. And can I say this morning that if you've got loved ones that you've been praying for to actually start walking with Jesus, to give their life to him, do not give up. There is power in prayer for for the people that we love and care about. And one of the interesting things that Dad said afterwards is that he could tell when we were praying for him. He could tell because a spiritual battle would be going on inside him while we were praying. And how do you know what is going on inside the person you're praying for while you're praying for them? I think for some people here that might just give a little bit of encouragement. So um, I've heard lots of talks when we're thinking about prayer. I've heard lots of talks about we need to pray more. And we do need to pray more. In fact, the Bible says that we should be praying continuously. I haven't quite worked out exactly how that works 100%. I'm getting better. And then I've heard uh, lots of teaching around different ways that we can carry out prayer and some of them have been really good and I've used them for a season and others I thought, well, that doesn't really work for me. But this morning, what I want us to focus on in our talking is how we can pray more effectively. Who's interested in that? Yeah, if you're like me, I don't like getting in and doing things if I'm not going to be effective. If I'm going to take something on and do it, and I'm just wasting my time, I'll probably give up pretty quick. So being effective is a good thing for us. So so we're going to look at that. And the Bible teaches that there are ways that we can be less effective and the ways that we can be more effective in prayer. Does that surprise you? That's good, because we're going to look at those. So let's start at ways that we can be ineffective in our praying. And so uh, the... First thing comes from Matthew 6, when Jesus was teaching it, and he said that one way that we can be ineffective is if we are being a show-off. And Matthew 6, verse 5 says, "...and when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by others. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward." The very fact that they're praying to be a show-off so others see them praying, that is the reward. And so it's implying that what they're actually praying for is, isn't, they may not actually get that because they've actually got what they were secretly wanting which was be, to be seen by others. When you pray, go into your room, close the door and pray to your Father who is unseen then your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. So that's the first thing. We can try to be a show-off in our prayers. Secondly, we can try to be a parrot and and just babble out words. And when you pray, do not keep on babbling like pagans, for they think they will be heard because of their many words. Do not be like them, for your father knows what you need before you ask him. And we, we know of other religions who just keep reciting the same prayer over and over again and think that that might shift and change things, and, and I guess that sometimes we can get into that. I, I think probably more often for us is that we might have a list in front of us and we start praying for something that's on our list or, or written out that we're praying for, and but our mind is way over here thinking about something else. And the words are coming out, but our mind is somewhere else. Has anyone ever experienced that? Yeah. Do, have you ever thought that the Holy Spirit's living inside you and maybe he's connected to what you're thinking about over here. And rather than keeping on praying something that, about something that you're not connected to, why don't you just go spend some time praying about what you're thinking about? Because perhaps the Holy Spirit is there as well, wanting to meet you. Anyway, so we can, we can just parrot out words and not have that connection to it. Thirdly, we can pray for selfish things. And Pastor Paul mentioned this last week which comes out of James 4, 2-3. You do not have because you do not ask God. When you ask, you do not receive because you ask with wrong motives that you may spend what you get on your pleasures. So we're praying out of our selfish desires for our own pleasures. Another way that we can be ineffective. Now, if you look at all these three things together, then there's a common thread running in it. We don't actually have a head and heart connection with God. If I'm praying prayers like that, it's the prayers are just about me. If you're praying prayers like that, the prayers are just about you. It's not about having that connection, heart and mind, with what God is thinking about, what God wants. It's all about me. And when our prayers are just all about me, the Bible teaches that they're not quite as effective. Okay, but the Bible also teaches that we can be very effective when we pray. We can be very effective when we pray. And for that, we're going to jump into James chapter 5. And starting at verse 13. Is anyone among you in trouble? Let them pray. Is anyone happy? Let them sing songs of praise. Is anyone among you sick? Let them call the elders of the church to pray over them and anoint them with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer offered in faith, the prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well. The Lord will raise them up. If they have sinned, they will be forgiven. So the first thing about effective prayers is faith. Now, I think when we're praying for things that that are on our heart that we're concerned about, we don't actually start, most of us, we don't start from a position of faith we actually start with a position of hope. Does that make sense? You start talking to to God about something and, and you say, God, please do this. God, please save this person. God, please turn up on a Sunday morning while we're at church. And we start from a position of hope. But listen, that is a good place to start because God is the God of all hope. God is the God of all hope. The other thing is as we start in hope, if we allow ourselves to start connecting with God and listening to him, he will turn hope into faith because faith comes from hearing And hearing from the word of God. Do you get that? Faith comes from hearing and hearing from the word of God. So we can start praying in hope. And as we allow God to speak into our lives and into our minds and into our hearts about the things we're praying for, faith will build. Faith will build and we'll start to transition to a place where we're no longer just praying in hope, but we're now praying in faith. Does that make sense? The Bible says in Mark 11, if we can get to the place of faith, therefore I tell you, whatever you ask for in prayer, believe, have faith that you have received it, and it will be yours. Hebrews 11, and without faith, it is impossible to please God, because anyone who comes to him must believe and have faith that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. Effective prayer, faith, starts in hope, listen to what God's saying, builds faith. We carry on with James, into the second one. Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. So what does this word righteous mean in this context? So we know that when we actually uh, come to the place where we realize that we can't do life on our own, that we've missed God's best for our lives and our own strength that we're we're sinners and we realise that Jesus came and died on the cross like we remembered with communion took the punishment for all the wrong things that we have done so we don't have to be punished and we accept that forgiveness by faith and Jesus comes and lives inside of us through the Holy Spirit so that we're empowered to live as he lived we are made righteous. Everything that we have done wrong, God has forgotten. He's thrown it in the sea, and it is dealt with past, present, future. But there's also something which still needs to carry on for the time that we're on this planet, and that's called sanctification. It's called becoming more Christ-like. And even though we are in a position where we've been forgiven and we are righteous in that sense, we still do things wrong and we need to keep short accounts with God. And the interesting thing is sometimes when we're talking about uh, doing things wrong and doing things sinful, we think about uh, some of the sins which we see even listed in the New Testament, like, like lying and cheating or getting drunk or having sex outside of marriage. These are what I call symptom sins its my terminology for it I call them symptom sins because they are an outworking of stuff which is still going on in here and we can try in our own strength to deal with the symptoms but what we really need is God to deal with what's going on in here work on your beliefs and the behaviour changes Work on your beliefs, and the behaviour changes. And uh, the the issue that we have when we're praying is that we have beliefs which are not in line with what God says. And we we can believe lies, we can be uh, have unbelief, we can have fear, we can have uh, all sorts of things which don't line up with what God says. And so those beliefs are not right with God and there's a process that needs to happen where we allow God to come in and shift our beliefs and bring our beliefs into alignment with what God says is true and when we get into that position where we are fully in line with what God says our beliefs are fully in line with what God says our prayers become powerful and effective. Third third aspect comes from, uh, is interesting. It actually relates to a story in the Old Testament that James is referencing to, and he says, Elijah was a human being, even as we are. He prayed earnestly that it would not rain, and it did not rain on the land for three and a half years. Again he prayed, and the heavens gave rain, and the earth produced its crops. Now, this is a great story, and James is basically telling us, if you want to know how to be effective and powerful in your prayers, go and have a look at what Elijah did. And so a little bit of a background, I, I really like Elijah. Uh, for the theologians around the time of Jesus, the uh, Jewish theologians, thought that Elijah was one of the greatest prophets of the Old Testament. And they were expecting him to return before the Messiah or someone in the spirit of Elijah. Uh, now, when you, a li- if we go back for a little bit of background, in Deuteronomy, uh, when God is talking to the nation of Israel, he, he lists a whole lot of blessings. If the nation of Israel choose to actually follow God and put him first in their lives and worship only him, he will bless the nation with all these different blessings following on to that there's also a list of curses if the nation of Israel decides to go and worship other gods and turn their back on the one true God then there's a whole lot of list of curses that might that will take place in the nation of Israel and one of those is that it'll stop raining that 's one of the curses now Elijah came into, onto the scene at the time when there was a king called Ahab in the nation of Israel. And the Bible says he was the baddest king that they'd had up to that date. Leading the nation of Israel astray, he, he encouraged, well he married someone he wasn't supposed to marry, they encouraged Baal worship and put up Asherah poles, there was child sacrifice going on. That was a bad scene spiritually. And then uh, Elijah comes along and James says that he prays and so it stops raining for three and a half years. He then calls the nation together, gets all the prophets of Baal together and challenges them to a duel and says either God is real or Baal is real. Israel, who are you going to follow? Let's let's go to the test and they, they do that and of course Elijah and God win which is what we would expect. And the nation of Israel grabs the prophets of Baal and kills them and wipes that out. And there, so it was one of the biggest revivals that took place in the nation of Israel um, up to that point. And then, so Elijah goes back and prays and it starts raining. A whole lot more to that story. You can read the whole story back and it uh, starts in 1 Kings chapter 17. We're going to have a look at a couple of aspects because James says that we should. We want to understand effective prayer. And if we just start back a little bit in 16, it says In the 38th year of Asa, king of Judah, Ahab, son of Omri, became king of Israel and he reigned in Samaria over Israel 22 years. Ahab, Ahab, son of Omri, did more evil in the eyes of the Lord than any of those before him. Bad king. Then we jump into uh, chapter 17, and this is the first time we see Elijah and it says now elijah the tishbite from tishbe in gilead said to ahab as the lord the god of israel lives whom i serve there will be neither dew nor rain in the next few years except at my word first time we see elijah now can you see that there's something which doesn't quite match up here james says that elijah prayed and it stopped raining did you read any prayer there You read a command. Elijah said, it's not going to rain. So we need to keep that thought in mind. If we jump to then, to uh, the end of chapter 18, verse 41. uh, This is after the victory on Mount Carmel. And Elijah said to Ahab, go eat and drink, for there is the sound of a heavy rain. So, Elijah was prophesying that, so Ahab went off to eat and drink, but Elijah climbed to the top of Carmel, bent down to the ground, and put his face between his knees, a position of praying. Then he said to his servant, Go and look at toward the sea, he told his servant. And he went up and looked. There's nothing there, the servant said. Seven times, Elijah said, go back. The seventh time, the servant reported a cloud as small as a man's hand and rising from the sea so elijah said go and tell ahab hitch up your chariot and go down before the rain stops you meanwhile the sky grew black with clouds the wind rose a heavy rain started falling and ahab rode off to jezreel the power of the lord came on elijah and tucking his cloak into his belt he ran ahead of ahab all the way to jezreel now google chariots can go at about 25 miles per hour Uh, A miracle in itself. (laughs) Maybe he he did take a shot. I don't know. The so first of all, can you see Elijah prayed seven times? He prayed seven times. Six of those times, nothing changed. How often do we pray for something once and nothing changes? Have you ever been in that situation? You're ministering to someone and you're praying for their healing or something like that, and you, and you pray and they say, Oh, nothing's changed. And then you say, Oh, bless you, go and have a good day. If Elijah was here, he'd pray seven times, I suspect. Keep perse- and would keep persevering until he saw something shift. Until he saw something shift. And that's one of the things which I think we can learn about being effective and powerful in our prayers is sometimes we need to persevere. Sometimes we need to keep pushing through. That we don't see things happen the first time we're praying. We don't see things happen the second time we're praying. we just got to keep persevering. Daniel prayed for 21 days. Fasted and prayed for 21 days for an answer for something he was concerned about. The angel, when he finally arrived, said that the answer was sent the first day he prayed, but it took 21 days to actually break through the spiritual strongholds that were preventing the answer to come through. Sometimes we need to persevere to be effective in our praying. But I think the other key thing here And it brings into the whole alignment of faith, going from hope to faith. And it brings into alignment the sense of actually getting our beliefs right with God. Is that the most essential part of being effective in prayer is actually lining up our heart and our mind with God's heart and mind. And you know, we don't see what Elijah was praying beforehand when he said it's not going to rain. I suspect he read in Deuteronomy about the curse. He saw the situation of the nation of Israel and he spent time praying with God until he got a sense that what he was feeling here and here was completely in line with what God was wanting. And then he could just speak boldly and saying it's not going to rain until I say it's going to rain because he was in tune, he was in line with what God wanted. And friends, if we want to be effective and more powerful in our praying, I think we should speak less and listen more. I think we should speak less And listen more and allow God to actually cause that alignment to take place. So, what we're believing, what's in our heart, what's in our mind is in tune with what God wants. And when we know that, when we know that, we'll see effectiveness, we'll see things shifting and changing. The band can come up. I want to finish with a story before we move into a time of ministering and, and talking with Jesus. So many of you uh, know about the Hamna retreat, which I've been to every year except the very first one they had. And so this year was no exception. A number of us from church went went up to Hamna in May this year, which is two and a half days of fasting, prayer, praise, and, and ministry. I, I absolutely love it. So, uh, Denise and I drove up. We took Murdo and Donna with us, and we were able to get to the meeting about half an hour before it started on the Tuesday, Tuesday night. Um, and because I've been going there for quite a while and, and do a bit in other churches as well, I'm, I'm reasonably well known by quite a few people who go there. So, uh, I got chatting with some people, uh, in fact, got chatting with some elders from another church that I've done ministry at previously. And while I was talking to them, I'd keep darting my eyes looking at other people who were coming in. Now, I'm not saying I'm proud of it. This is just what I was doing. I'm being honest here. Honesty time. So I'd keep looking at other people. and and, uh, So the meeting started, and and I think Pastor Paul and some of the others got up, and they shared a bit of the guidelines, instruction what was going to happen. And then we got into the music. Sandra was... uh, leading the team from it from here we had Zoe and Simon in the band as well and they were going off it was an amazing time of just real praise and the whole whole group is just like someone turned the switch and we were we were into it really praising and uh, worshiping God and we got through the first song and then they started the second song the level lifted even higher it was great, and, and I was getting into this praise and clapping along, and, go, and then uh, I felt the Holy Spirit say to me, "I want you to lie down." And I thought, "What? <laughs> is that me Did I eat something uh, at tea uh, the food my last sacrificial meal before we went fast at this? <laughs> um, that is not the theme of what's going on here, God. <laughs> Everyone's energetic and into, into praise. What on earth do you want me to lie down for? And then I felt God say, look, either do it or don't. It's up to you whether you want to obey me. <laughs> <laughs> ah, God can be so. <laughs> so I decided I'd better do it. So, so I, I laid down and then I felt, I felt uh, Jesus say to me, you know, when you came in and you're talking to those people, you, you kept looking at who else was coming in. What's up with that? I thought, hmm. I think what I was really doing, Lord, is I was looking for any of the other leaders of the team that were coming in so that I could just get that opportunity to connect with them and, and sort of feel valued and important. And then God said, what's up with that? And I thought, yeah, God, I, I, I guess that's just that sense that I I want to feel like I can be valued with uh, those that I hold as as being uh, important people. And then God started talking to me about being his son and how that's where I get my value and my importance from. And for the next five or ten minutes, I don't know how long it was, I didn't have any idea what, I, what was going on in the rest of the meeting, and God just talked to me about being his son, and it was a real special time. Uh, when when God had finished that, I, I stood up and uh, thought, ooh, everything's changed. There are people lying over, on the floor all over the place. And, and I, I have to say, it did go through my thought, uh, through my mind. Uh, me being obedient, did that, did that start that? Now, I've, God could easily have been talking to everyone else about doing something similar or just that everyone could be responding to a move of the Spirit. I don't know. But I felt to say this morning for maybe one or two people here is that one person being obedient to what God is saying can change everything. One person being obedient to what God is saying can change everything. And I think that's a word for someone here this morning. So uh, then uh, once I stood up and Pastor Paul says, let's go do some ministry, which I love ministering. It's, it's a happy place for me. And so we, we went up to the first person and bang, I had a word of knowledge which was just right on the mark. We went up to another person and bang, had a word of knowledge which was just right on the mark and ministering to them. We, uh, we standing there and Paul said, oh, I'd like to go and minister to that couple, but I know them. And I said, she's got the word fear on her forehead, which was the first time I've actually seen that type of thing so we we go up and see if they want ministry and we start praying for them now I've learned enough when God gives me a word of knowledge you don't have to just go straight into the word of knowledge Mm, so I just say uh, I just believe that God's wanting to just release courage into your heart and into your soul and into your spirit and start praying for courage and next thing she was just a bit of a mess and we were able to process ministry and start to bring real healing into some of the, her emotional spaces and and also with her husband as well. And it was just such a cool time. And right through that time, it was just bang, bang, bang. Um, the guy who got released in prophecy, he's been trying to prophesy for a long time, and we just bang, and it is released into prophecy. And um, we... Uh, had another person that Denise and I went in and started ministering to, and, and she started. She'd come, come really heavy, and she just released into joy and laughter and everything as we started ministering to another another person. Just she to start the start of a word of knowledge with her, and she was a complete mess. She was praying for over, uh, she was crying for over five minutes in a complete mess. And I said to Denise. Let's just let the Holy Spirit work. Let's just wait. <laughs> so we're waiting about five minutes till we she actually got to a place where we could start doing ministry and and it was just a powerful move. Now I have to say, would that have happened if I hadn't gone through that initial time of God ministering to me and me listening to what God was saying about what was going on in my life? If we're going to be effective and powerful in our praying, perhaps it's time we started talking less and listening more. and Make sure that we tune in to the heart of God. Thanks, Glenn. Let's, let's finish the song that we started earlier. There's no wrong way to do it. There's no bad time to start. It don't have to sound pretty. Just tell them what's on your